to Midweek Mayhem, Episode 3. This time we'll be discussing The Long Night, which was the last episode, of course. Yes, not the I Battle of Winterfell. <laughs> this is Sheedy. What's up, Sheedy? Hey, what's going on, guys? Good to be back. This is, this is odd because this is one of the few times recently where we're not in person recording right now. This is not in studio, boys. This is uh, over the uh, over the cell phone, boys. Over the cell phones, yeah. So good thing I got the iPhone to really clear up my audio quality, huh? Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. doesn't work. Sounds great um, on my end, Chris. So, of course, we have like a shit ton of stuff to cover here. Um Last week's episode was nuts. Uh, There's a lot of questions, a lot of complaints, a lot of stuff that's just kind of floating around in the air. So we're going to address a lot of that. I want to start out. We're going to clear the air. All right. We're going to clear the air. The airspace is clear for liftoff, Miss Stark. That's what we call it in the industry, clearing the air. (laughs) So I wanted to start out with what's going to happen, or I guess what happened to the Azora High prophecy, right? This thing that people have been talking about for pretty much the whole series, all of a sudden looks like it's no longer going to happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know, because, I mean, of course, Arya, if you haven't seen the episode, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast, so I'm going to assume that there's no spoilers here. Um, Arya killed the Night King, right? So does that automatically make her Azora High? Does that make her the princess that's promised? Does that make her the princess that's promised, or does that make her like a white bringer? And John's still technically, you know, the favorite for Azor High. I mean, I don't know. It's uh, it's kind of up in the air right now. My thing, I think that maybe the Long Night was just one of the things that Azor High was meant to defeat. But eventually, the biggest point in the Azor High prophecy is bringing the land to peace. And I, I think that that's what Jon Snow is eventually going to going to do. Yeah, I um, mean, my issue is is that you know the Azor High prophecy, or Azor's, the Azor's High prophecy. <laughs> I can't say it today. I don't know why. But the the whole thing about it is that it's built on the whole like fire and ice thing, which right. Jon is literally fire and ice, and it was all built around defeating the Night King. So maybe maybe they got tricks up their sleeve and stuff. I mean, Arya definitely in a sense, is the princess that's promised in that night. I mean, but uh, the I mean, Red she Woman... She was the MVP. She, she put him down. She was the MVP, but the Red Woman even says when she meets Danny, um, like, Jon Snow, she believes, is the prince that's promised. And if that's the case, then why would they just throw that out in that episode? I don't get it. Um, in, my, in my opinion, I think Jon Snow is the prince that's promised. I think the Red Woman, the last, last episode, proved that she knows what she's talking about, right? It's yeah, just, like I, you said, there I, has to be more. I tend to agree with you as well. I, I, I think the only way that they're going to be able to play this out and keep that irrelevant storyline is to make the pr- purpose of Azor High a little bit greater than just defeating the Night King. Because right. otherwise, it's otherwise it's over with, right? There's no more talking about that. And Mel's gone. Right. Um, Barrick's gone. Thoros is gone. Like all the red priests and priestesses right. that we've been acquainted or acquainted with are all gone. So I don't know who even still like. Do people still even know about? Did anyone else even talk about the Prince that was promised stuff other than like Stannis? No, it was just all the red priests. It was red priests. Yeah. And it's a lot. Of, it's huge in the books. It's huge in the folklore oh, yeah. of the books and stuff. But it's like maybe the show just isn't as interested in that. Maybe it does become a three-episode linear fight for the throne between Danny, John, and Cersei. Yeah. 
I think the only way I can see it working out is repurposing it to, to make it seem like the whole the goal the whole time of the Zora High or the Prince that was yeah. promised was to bring everyone to peace together. Yeah, I know? like it. It's the repurpose. It's like Pepsi Zero or some shit. You know, it's like you had a, <laughs> this is like a wild cherry Pepsi. Just repurpose it a little bit. You switch it up and you get a hella sales. What, what was like that really shitty Coke that came out? Like, like vanilla uh, Coke? Like the orange vanilla Coke or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I, I don't know who that's for. Yeah. That, that's not the right stuff. You don't it's, want to be sniffing orange vanilla Coke. No, I would, I would rather drink fucking gasoline than <laughs> orange vanilla Coke. That sounds like shit. Exactly. Um, so speaking of complaining about Coke, we're, we're actually going to address a lot of the complaints. We've been getting them all week. Yeah. Uh, by the time you guys hear this, it'll be Wednesday. Uh, but, you know, Chris, I, mean, I don't know if you experience this, but when people text me about the show, I, they almost treat it like it's my fault. <laughs> yeah. Do you ex- yeah it's like what the fuck am i it's not like i was sitting there right dude. yeah i don't know what we've done by doing this podcast but we're taking to be i get people yelling at me asking me questions every theory anyone's ever had <laughs> a guy had me look at his mole the other day i think it was benign well uh, dude also one thing that i'm starting to realize too is like in this i don't i don't want to call it like a business because we're not making money right now well like, i'm not <laughs> in what in the podcast what we're doing in Community. the pod, like your your takes like you, you can't take those takes back you know no. so, like a lot of times like this week i've been hit up like oh really you gave it a 10 out of 10 yeah. i thought yada 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 was wrong with it well all right yeah. but like when have you ever seen a perfect piece of fucking artwork you know there's always Never. a flaw somewhere yeah you gotta take it for what it is in the moment i think i think if you we all can sit back and dissect anything uh, and, and sometimes we can be prisoners of the moment. We admit that, but you're right. Once we put it out there, dude, people come at us, man. I mean, yeah. my, my, my dad's like, "Can you please stop making jokes? Your grandma listens." And I'm like, "No." Nah. We'll get to these complaints in a second here, but um, I think that one thing that a lot of people slept on in this episode is the fact that it's pretty much you know an 82 minute. What was it? 82 minute runtime, right? Yeah, it's an 82 minute almost action sequence that never gets boring the whole time mm-hmm. so do you know how difficult that is to do i mean like i was on the edge of my seat chris i'm never on the edge of my seat watching anything yeah in 82 minutes like that's a long ass time try fucking sitting there and, and staring at a clock for 82 minutes and see how fucking bored you get let me There's tell you no way put your favorite nfl team in the in the playoffs that's what that was last night or sunday night you you literally are on edge Every play matters. Every strike mm-hmm. of a sword matters. I mean, that's you're watching a show and you have that feeling. That's amazing. It almost took me back to being a kid when I loved WWF wrestling and I was so oh, worried yeah. every single time The Rock was in a match, I needed him to win. And you just, it, it's, I, I, I loved it. I loved it. I loved the feeling it gave me. When I sit down and rewatch it, of course I can have complaints. But to say, you know, oh God and all oh, this and that and everyone with their immediate bashing of it, a lot of that's just for clicks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I can't – people put those complaints out there because you do come to expect almost perfection out of this show that, that people are so invested in now and you've spent so much time with these characters. So I get it. You know, of course there's going to be these complaints, but we'll go through uh, Let's some start. of the main ones that we've gotten. Let's uh, start with one, darkness. A lot of people have been – yeah, a lot of people have been talking about the darkness of the episode. Well, yeah, you know, the name of the title is The Long Night, you know, and, and when – white walkers show up they bring a snowstorm they, they bring night with them you know it doesn't yeah. there's there was zero chance that that episode would have ever been during daylight 
yeah. so it, that's kind of a little point you know it, you got to turn your brightness up on the tv and you got to turn your lights down in the room to be able to see everything we we watch when we do our watch as the deep thrones family we watch in my basement with all the lights off uh and i'll be honest no complaints. I saw everything. Um, I saw everything I needed to see. When I watched upstairs the next day, I noticed that that TV, which is a little bit older, it was a little bit harder, but it's called HD Sweaty. And uh, my basement TV has yeah, HD. Yeah, and we, we had no problem seeing it. You turn off the lights, you get intimate with the person next to you, you put your hand in their pants, and you have fun. Uh, what you don't do is you don't torrent it illegally on your fucking stepdad's Kindle, all right? And then complain <laughs> about it online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's tough too because like this is how weird responding to this i mean could you imagine being like one of the producers or directors or something that have all these people coming at them online and it's like like obviously if this is your artwork there's there's no way there's it's inconceivable to try to put that battle during daylight yeah i agree i agree you this is this was i thought the battle was well done um what, another complaint that someone was telling me about this bullshit and everyone online is comparing it to Battle of the Bastards. You can't. You cannot do it. Someone <laughs> someone said it, the symmetry was all off, unlike Battle of the Bastards. I'm like, the Battle of the Bastards was two human armies fighting. This is like World War Z zombies. They're not going to yeah. be in beautiful sword fights. They're just going to claw. It. Like This was done perfectly for what it was, all right? Yeah, there's going to be... there's. I mean, again, like you're not looking for um, choreography of two sword fighters battling each other. A lot of it, like we said in the, in our uh, episode that came out on Monday, a lot of it was they're just the, our characters are just getting overwhelmed, exhausted, outnumbered, and that's not going to look beautiful on screen. It's right. not going to look like a perfectly choreographed fight. This isn't Arthur know? Dane versus Ned Stark. You know, right. this is these are dead things that are literally the Night King doesn't need them. He's using them. You know, mm-hmm. they are just then, a tool for him. Now, there are some of these complaints that I tend to agree with a little bit more. Um, so there's there's two major ones that I think are actually have some good foundation behind them. The first and, and we talked about this off air, but there was a clear lack of brutality without yeah. in my opinion i think without having george r. r martin's writing to go off of um you know i vocalized when we were watching the episode i said when shit was getting real i was like look at all who's still alive right now all the main characters are still alive like there's no way that they're all mm. gonna die here something's gonna happen last second and i think it would have done the show writers or, or, you know, the producers, whoever, I think it would have done them well to have, you know, major, major death, like a Sam. I mean, Sam's not even that major, but, uh, you know, like someone yeah. who we actually care about. I, I agree, I though. Flabbergasted, Grey Warren made it through that thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, flabbergasted is the right word, man. It can't, it couldn't have been a John or a Danny, but it had to be that, like, right. second tier. It had to have been, and it couldn't have been a Podrick either. I mean, if, if like, a Brienne or Tormund died, people would have yeah. really reacted. If exactly. it was... Uh, Grey Worm people wouldn't even react. It makes you shit your pants a little bit, you know? Yeah, I I think Grey Worm even is a minor character death, but I had him 100%. Everyone asked me who's going to die. So, well, Grey Worm's as good as dead. If he doesn't die against Cersei, it's like, cool, Grey Worm lived. Same. And actually, I think uh, think in in the episode that we released on Monday, one of the deaths we said was Ghost. I don't know if we corrected that, but... He um, lived. yeah, he did live. He was spotted in the trailer for next week's episode. So yeah. if we if we did say Ghost dies, that's not true. We did. And I, another thing I want to clear up as well about Ghost, 
uh, people will be asking, of course, well, if he lives, then where was he that whole time? He probably just stayed back there trying to rip him up back in the distance. You know, he just never came back toward Winterfell at that time. Yeah. That's what I'm telling myself. I mean, do... I don't know, because, like, every time we've seen whites interact with direwolves, it's only been ghosts, right? I don't... Like, in in that scene... In the, uh, well, they killed Summer. When the white... Oh, right, right, right. Damn. Mm. Yeah, they fight. Yeah, they I fight. They throw hands. Uh, they throw. They ooh, throw how, how crazy would it have been to see a Summer uh, white attacking Winterfell there? Her and Ghost just going at it? That, that would have been, been nuts. That would have been intense. <laughs> that would have been a fight of the set. That would have been, a, that would have been pay-per-view uh, viewing right there. Would have been worth it. So, so both of us do agree that, that there could have been a little more skin in the game. Yeah. for lack of a better term, um, with characters dying. And then the last uh, complaint that I thought had some foundation to it as well is the battle strategy that they set up at Winterfell was mm. completely garbage. I mean, Trash. it didn't, didn't really make much sense. Um, it's technically when you're, or I shouldn't even say technically, when you're setting up defenses um, and you know that you're preparing for a siege or an attacking army is coming on your castle, you want to typically have your infantry behind the actual like trenches or yeah i hate um, i'll personally say it's i hate when people are trying to come on my castle <laughs> get out of here that, but you know like um for Wait, example, all we, over. Saw, we saw what happened when they lit up those trenches and the whites were all like right there yeah could you imagine if they just lit it up right before they got there and then they would have been stuck and then like they could have put in work on those fucking guys just standing yeah. there one of the things and, that's been annoying me too, Chris, is people have said that our take that the Dothraki shouldn't have charged isn't good because that's all the Dothraki know how to do. And I'm like, watch the tape. It wasn't a good call. You have Winterfell. I get that that's what they do, but what did they soften? They softened nothing. They gave the Night King more soldiers. That was a stupid call. They ran into smoke and clouds and dust and got fucked up. Yeah, they had no idea what the fuck they were running into. Uh, the only thing that I can say, like, to defend that strategy was, you know, we saw what happened when they ran through that Lannister uh, supply train. Yeah. And maybe they were just hoping they would get to a White Walker. But you got to know, like, it, another thing with the battle strategy, they had zero scouting at all. Like, no one was out there fucking trying to even get a count or see how thick the battle lines were yeah. for the White Walkers or anything. Thick with two Cs. So they're so they're literally fighting blind, and also they didn't even use the the fact that um the what's it called the Dothraki can shoot arrows from horseback. Right. If they just fucking you know it, it, again, if they would have had the army of the dead run forward towards the infantry and then had that trench that they lit up in front of the infantry, they could have deployed the Dothraki to ride by and shoot dragonglass arrows at them and stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, there, there's just a tons of way way better ways to handle that I, now one one thing I, i'm sorry i'm going on but the people complained about the dragons and being ineffective they weren't able to see from up there that's the thing yeah no so like I, the whole strategy was foobar like even the catapults they used the catapults once and were like sweet they worked all right get your swords <laughs> let's go get ready Dude, and, how about how the fucking catapults were in front of the infantry in what world do you ever do that i know it, none of it you, like get those things in the castle none of it made any kind of sense on that front and like but as far as the dothraki scene goes with the flaming swords and them running visually that's a very stunning scene it's very oh, yeah. and when you see those lights go out it does kind of make your heart i mean watching it live out the feeling oh, yeah. like, oh shit dude like oh shit and, and you gotta you think have of it, all that hope built up and then it's gone think of it on a grander scale too the dothraki literally 
never crossed the narrow sea before, and that's like their entire army just got fucking wiped. <laughs> like holy shit! Uh, and that's uh, uh, that's sad. I wonder. I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's any more. I mean, if there, there probably are some still in SS, but not like yeah. a huge horde like that. No and way. Couldn't they have also had like like those uh, the the barrier that they built around the castle? Couldn't they have put like an almost this is weird to say, but like a dragon glass barbed wire type system up top? Like, like a real one, like spikes and all. They never would have been able to make it over that shit. Yeah, I, I mean... I guess was, the time... It was poor planning. I think a lot of it was time constraints. Right. At, like, not, not like for the show riders, but actually for the military in Winterfell. Yeah. Uh, the Night King was on the fast break, and, you know, no time to set up your defense, man. <laughs> Shooters all over. Though, like, also, though, like, you have probably some of the worst military minds that we've seen organizing that defense right like Tyrion's fucked up multiple times Jon Snow fucked up multiple times yeah um I, like Danny Danny probably only uses like aggression and that saves her ass a lot we talked about uh, that and like, last on Sunday's episode was about how yeah. her impulse decisions are better than her thoughtful ones yeah uh, I'm actually well I guess Jamie probably showed up late and he probably wasn't he definitely wasn't in command but he, he was, probably would have organized a better defense he was helping up than, top he was calling shit out up top he was telling him what yeah. to do and it was he he was probably a reason that anyone survived uh yeah. he played a part in it and and talking about John a little bit there also leads us to uh a lot of shit online about Bran and John being useless yep could you, could you <laughs> a I, lot of that listen I have a few takes on this, but let's just set the scene, Chris, if you will, about about what people are saying. Definitely. So, people are basically saying that John was useless on not only on the dragon back, but then also when he got off of Rhaegel and tried tra- chasing down the Night King. And then, you know, Bran apparently, I mean, he was the bait. He served his purpose, right? But, like, a lot of people thought that he would have more of an immediate impact with the warging and things like that. Um I have a, I have a good amount to say, but I thought that I thought that John did everything that he physically could have done. Yes. I mean, maybe again the strategy wasn't the best of all time, but as far as like him actually putting an effort and and sacrificing his life like he always does, I, I think he put in all he could. He he, I mean, he him and Daenerys got the Night King off of Syrian, and also yep. John sort of took Syrian out of the running for a little bit with Rhaegal, right? Yep, yep. So getting getting the Night King on ground level was huge. So John and Danny did that. So if that's useless, um, okay, that's I guess that's the Syrian on ground level too because you saw how quickly knocked out like half the wall of Winterfell. Yeah, <laughs> imagine if he was still flying around. So I really don't know how. I mean, John kind of smoked out the Night King, and then the Night King walking away from John, I think, is telling. I think the Night King knew like he doesn't want him one on one, and it's we we could jokingly say that, but I think there's actually some truth to that. Where the Night King's like, I don't need, I don't really want to deal with this guy right now. Yeah, well, he's the Night King saw what happened to one of his lieutenants when he was one on one with Jon Snow, right. and then he also probably that was that hard home I was referring to. But he also uh, realized that Jon Snow took out another one of them at, at, in that battle north of the Wall. Yeah. Um, so I mean, the Night King definitely did not want that one on one smoke with Jon. Listen, word travels, and he's heard about Jon Snow, <laughs> and he's like, I don't want to deal with that shit right now. I can't oh, have yeah. it. Um, oh, yeah. and, and as for as for the whole like, um, I, I thought the scene we talked about it already was beautifully filmed. John chasing him to try to get to him. He's trying to make it through Winterfell. He's leaving friends behind to try to get to Bran. He knows his purpose for the greater good of the entire world, a world yep. that he's thinking won't even be filled with his friends anymore. But he's still doing it. 
Um, if that's not the most Jon Snow thing I've ever seen, and to see him not succeed is important. Because again, I've never seen more people complain about Superman type characters than American viewing audiences, where it's like, oh, they're so non flawed. We like flawed people. Well, there was a flaw by John. He didn't get there. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. And also, people were like, what the fuck was he? What was his plan to do with Viserion? Well, the plan was out the window at that point when he's hiding behind the little rock there. He was dead either I mean, way. Yeah, he was dead either way. And there's, it, knowing his character, there's no way that he's going to just hide out while Bran's going to die. Right. He's going to take his shot at Viserion, you know? Yeah, I think he was, when Viserion was gearing up, I think Jon was probably getting ready to launch his fucking long claw or something. Like, he wasn't just going to stand there and let him ice him up, you know? Right. And as right. for Bran's uselessness, I have a lot to say about that. So, you have your. Th- I know you have a theory that you're going to get to that's important, but I just want to say something. I did my rewatch today, and it's uh, the third time I've watched this episode now. When Bran and the Night King are locked in a stare down, right? The Night yeah. King's face changes. He does a yeah. head thing. And it's There's not turning back to see Arya. Bran, he's doing the. Yeah, there's definitely something going on there. Bran, like, Warg told the Night King that he, like, fucked his mom. Because the Night King was like, <laughs> if you pay attention, the Night King legit, watch the scene again. The Night King staring at Bran, and then the Night King almost does the face of that famous gif of that dude with blonde hair. That's kind of like, oh, what? Yeah. what? When he blinks. Yeah. yeah. The Night King does a little of that. And again, this is way before Arya enters the equation. So Bran did something yeah, that the Night King definitely. was not too fond of. And it distracted and I'm, I'm, him. It, it did, and I'm hoping that a lot of... I'm hoping that a lot more details about what went down with Bran come out within the next few episodes, because to me, there has to be something else going on there. Like you said, with that stare down, um, when Bran was warging and and all we saw was flying around with Ravens, but to me, there has to be something else going on. I'll give you my theory later on in this episode here, but um, I'll be thoroughly disappointed if they just don't give any more details on that. Right. Me too. I, I hope they tie up some of these loose ends. And, um, again, it, it's for you to decide, the viewer, if, if the show writers deserve the benefit of the doubt or not. I, I mean, I would not be shocked if we never hear of it again and we just go on to Cersei. But at the same time, they've, they've earned a little, a little sliver of the benefit from me. Um, yes, well, well I, I guess the time will tell with that one. But Yeah, um, three episodes. I mean, it is a lot of times because with a show this big, your regular sci-fi audience is, of course, watching this. But then you also have your audience that has really never really been into sci-fi stuff. Right. So you have a lot of people expecting logic to connect all these dots, right? Well, sometimes there is shit like magic and warging and shit that happens that, that you know need to be kind of explained out. But right. um, don't get mad when you see that shit on a sci-fi drama you know right. i mean that's at the end of the day that's what it is yeah it's, it's fantasy you know it is yeah exactly um so next topic here aria badass first sneaky, of her name sneaky did you see that macy williams boyfriend when she told him that she kills the night king was like oh shouldn't it be john <laughs> I, did, I did not do that no but i yeah. saw that john was pissed off once he was reading the script yeah well joking and, and the kid seemed him. okay about it well, I mean, if I was getting as paid as much as he did, I'd be fine with it too. Probably. Yeah, you know, though, everyone was kind of like, "No, not John, huh?" Uh, he probably had that same yeah. reaction, just kind of like, "Oh, oh okay. yeah." But yeah, Macy well, Williams it, fucking well, boyfriend. Like said it um, with the blue eye thing. Of course, that's when we knew. Right. We, me and Chris literally said to each other in that moment. We pointed at each other, said, "That's gonna be, it's gonna be Arya." But 
for her boyfriend to not support that, Macy, I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> swing, swing that spider monkey ass over swing here. Swing that shit this way. I'll support you. Just dunk from the free throw line. Oh god, she. Oh yeah, she can dunk from the free throw line. She's like Jordan. She's got them Air Jordans on. Those Arya Jordans. So, uh, she's she's good. One big topic was how how the hell did Arya sneak past those those White Walkers that were basically guarding the entrance into the Godswood? Um, a couple theories. One, it could have been something having to do with that stare down with Brandon the Night King that you were just talking about. Sneaky. We do know that. The Night King mentally controls all of them. So if Bran got in there and froze everything up, it's very possible that Arya just sneaks by in that moment. It's also very possible that Bran knew that Arya was going to go for that too, so he would know to freeze them up yeah. at that time. Based on your theory, uh, especially with that dagger. Yeah, exactly, which which we'll get to in a second. For sure. And then also, too, like Arya, you know, she's a, a trained assassin of one of the best assassins uh, you know, companies in the world or the best assassin company in the known world there. So like I mean we saw when Jack and the Guard took out hella people in Heron Hall without no anyone noticing. Yeah. We saw um you know when she's running even in season one when she's running around King's Landing and yeah. shit, um chasing cats and stuff, you know like well, Yeah. I agree. <laughs> chasing pussy, you know I agree, all? dude. She's chasing that ass <laughs> chasing that pussy. Listen it's quite simple for me. Everyone has their own theory. I think my theory is the right one, if you don't mind for a second to indulge me here, Chris. Yeah, go for, ahead. For all of you guys know, I'm pretty well-learned in this field, so allow me to take it over for a second. It's quite simple. <laughs> it's quite simple. Uh, for those of you scoring along at home, I'm about to break it down. First, um, she did the oldest trick in the book, the Assassin's Creed method. She hid in a hay bale, right, nearby, uh, and while she was in that little bale of hay, um, Chris, you've played Assassin's Creed, right? Oh, yeah. If you're in a bale of hay like in Assassin's, Assassin's Creed, Creed yeah. no one can see you. It's like you might as well be in a force field. Uh, That's like, a fact. Yeah. It's like the opposite of Jamie in a bush. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, Jamie, see, he hid in a bush. She hid, she hid in a, a, a bay hail or a, a hay, hay bale. Hay barrel. Barrel of hay, barrel of monkeys. Bale. Um, Is it a bale? Is it a hay bale? Is that a thing? I believe so, yeah. I think it is a bale. I've been saying barrel my whole life. You've barrel been saying what? Hay. Barrel? Like a, no, like it's a, bale, like a bale of hay. Oh, shit. That's like Christian bale hay. Yes, it's like Christian bale. <laughs> um, so, okay, so due to her extensive tra- training, this is what happened. Arya pancake blocks the defense, right? She hits him with that pancake, and then she spirals into a spider monkey McTwist, into a chandelier spin, catapulting herself <laughs> to the Night King. The Night King then was countering with a chokehold, which is a rookie mistake, because everyone knows a chandelier girl loves being choked. Uh... <laughs> And frankly, do some of their best work while in yeah, said chokehold. Um, well, well if, if you look closely, her foot was on the line, so it, it shouldn't have counted as a three-pointer, but... Um, you can't review the play. The moment. It's, it's not reviewable. It's not reviewable. So. It's not reviewable. But then, this <laughs> is the best part. So he puts her in that chokehold, and again, rookie mistake, because chandelier girls in a chokehold is like home field advantage all day. Arya then does a flawless rod mid-air hand twist. You can almost bet your bottom dollar she spit on it beforehand. Uh, then <laughs> softly pulls the dagger out of the air with her right hand and hits the Night King with that old, if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Uh, and that's, <laughs> that's how it went down. That's, that's it. That was it. That Johnny Cochran defense? Yeah. I, I love it, dude. Wait, let's uh, let's go down to the field with our on-field correspondent, Brand Stark. Brand, what would you think of the whole thing? Uh, Theon, well, uh, Theon's not moving. <laughs> Theon, I didn't mean run at the Night King. You could have gone the other direction. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot, it. Theon. 
that was that was that was great. That was great breakdown right there. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that film analysis. That was expert film analysis right there. What's a hotter also, scene for Arya? Her with Gendry or her killing the Night King? Her killing the Night King, dude. Fuck Gendry. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, side boob never did it for me, even as a kid. <laughs> I mean, I was—I don't know—I was a huge fan of seeing Arya go get hers, but like, I hate that both of them are still alive now because now they can keep hooking up, and that's—that I don't need that. Oh, what? welcome to my nightmare, Chris. For eight seasons, <laughs> I watched Danny take it from all sorts of people. <laughs> I'm just saying, not not so much because I like Arya. Like the next, I don't want to suck Arya's toes. I'm just saying that, like, okay, well, I, I don't need that storyline. Don't make it personal. Of, in, the, in the next three episodes, I, like, I want Arya to be a badass and not like in a relationship with somebody that's lame. Yeah, it's true. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Well, we'll kill Gendry, or they'll kill Gendry. Hopefully. Yeah. Oh, and also, um, apparently the writers knew for three years that it was going to be Arya, that they were going to have killed the Night King. Yeah. Which which is wild to me, because like you said, we were always assuming, most people were assuming that it would be Jon Snow, or maybe even Danny, but Arya coming out of the woodworks, I like it though. It's I do. Good, it's a way to keep the people guessing. Yeah, you could tell that they were building toward it, uh, I guess now. In hindsight, you can see all the, the little breadcrumbs they left along the way, and Again, they right. kind of subvert belief. You know, you, everyone believes Jon Snow, and then they hit us with Arya. And yep. I, I rewatching, I love everyone's reactions when everything's just done, and they're all like looking around. Danny is coddling Jorah. The best is Jon's when Viserion goes down, and he's just standing there, and he's like, "What? There's <laughs> time now, you know." Uh, but it's, it's super, super deep film, film. I guess not film, but show writing uh, there. Mm-hmm. What is John gonna do with all the time on his hands now? He's got like, too much time. He he's gonna, got he's gonna time, get so man. fat. He's gonna retire. <laughs> he's gonna start. You know, he's probably gonna get big into like uh, Reddit. And anime. He's probably gonna watch a lot of anime. Anime. Yeah. There's this fucked up anime called Devilman Crybaby. You ever see that shit? Devilman Cry. There's a video game about it. I, I've yeah. never. I've never seen it. But someone was I've, telling me I've, about I've it. I've never seen it, but I've played the game before. Oh, something I want to point out real quick, Chris. This was a 55-night shoot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was wild. 55 that straight nights. So you I have saying, a, like, a, a challenge for ahead. people. I call it the 55-night Deep Thrones challenge since it took them 55 nights to film this. Um, my challenge for you guys out there, it's a difficult challenge. Uh, 55 straight nights, I want you when you go to sleep to put on headphones with the audio from this episode playing on loop for 55 straight <laughs> nights. And if you don't shoot up your office, you win. <laughs> Soon. There were just like three shootings last weekend. Were there? <laughs> Shit, I, I remember any. like I remember at one point on Sunday checking because you know like when you pull up your Google app, all your, your recommended articles show up, and I saw like three different shootings. This is this world is like, so wow. fucked up. This America, man. This is why people. This is why when people gather around and they see the Avengers or they see game of thrones and you see all the memes and you see the social that's when it's that's why that's really good that's why it makes me mad yeah. when people shit on people who enjoy these shows because you need an escape when the news is constantly bombarding you with fucking tragedy left and right yeah yeah that's a good point that's why people listen to the pod you know comedic yeah. relief yeah well, well i guess i'm, I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh so that uh, since we were just talking about Arya and we kind of alluded to um, kind of my, I guess my theory on things, and I, I say my theory. It's anyone who was really paying attention could have linked these dots together. 
um, or connected these dots together. But the cat spot dagger, of course, was given to Arya by Bran. The thing that a lot of people didn't remember was that when it was handed to Arya, it was in the same exact spot in the Godswood that mm. Bran was sitting in the most recent episode of The Long Night. Right. So that that kind of is a connection right there in itself. But then, furthermore, when you rewatch the scene, which I just did earlier today, um, you can see after Bran hands her the Arya or hands Arya the dagger. He kind of draws his hand back and looks at it and like kind of like freaks out for a second, you know, almost like there's some heavy weight to that scene. And it's I would mm-hmm. recommend going back and, and watching that if you haven't. It. It's uh, season seven, episode four is when it when it goes down. But you can also tell a clear change in the conversation. It went from a nice little reunion between Sansa, Arya and Bran to Bran completely just yeah. changing the subject and saying that doesn't matter. Um and then hands her the the cat's paw dagger. So it's almost yeah. like Brand came into like kind of woke up for a second there and was like, "Here, take this dagger." He knew um, something. So it, yeah, he knew something was going to happen. So that's that's basically my theory. I think that Brand, when he was warging or when he was staring down the Night King or something, you know, while he's sitting in the Godswood, he wasn't just sitting there idly while they were losing the battle. Um, he was going back and setting these things in motion to allow Arya to be able to kill the Night King in that exact moment. Get that kill shot. And remember we talked about this. The Godswood is basically home field advantage for the Three-Eyed Raven. That's his, that's his fucking right. turf. And would you, so as a person who likes this theory and likes this, uh, uh, you know, this connection with Bran, would you be upset if the show never addresses it? Or would you be happy knowing those little tidbits that we know, believing that? You know, that's, that's that's tough to say because I'm trying to imagine how the show writers would reveal that, right? Because Brand's character, to me, doesn't seem like someone who's going to just come out and say, hey, guys, I, it was actually me who saved the day. Hey, guys, guess I what I did. that whole yeah. thing up. You know, so I, I'm trying to imagine a way in how they could bring that out, but they wouldn't do a time travel scenario because we already saw those events in season seven. Right. So, you know, it, it would almost be like, yeah, I'd be disappointed that I didn't get any clarification on it, but I would just use that as the explanation. Uh, maybe in, like, an interview with the show writers or something, you know how they do them after the show, maybe right. that's when they say it. Uh, but I, right. I, I can't imagine a way in which Brandon's going to reveal that information. Yeah, I got, I got a lot of texts these last few days, one from Friend of the Pod who was on the Battle of Bastards episode, Dan, who said... You know, he's a little, it's weird thinking about the fight against Cersei because it almost doesn't carry any weight, you know? The Night yeah. King battle was everything. And now that that's over, it's like, ooh, let's recruit armies and go try to beat Cersei. And now it's kind of like a Disney movie, you know? So something, I agree, something has to happen bad soon. Yeah. And that's a weird thing to say after that battle, I think. But it, it's true for people that sh- and fans of the show who've been following it with all these theories and grand theories. And some of the theories so far have been on a level that I think could compete with how the show's currently going. So Yeah. yeah. I, I personally thought that they were going to lose the Battle of Winterfell and have a retreat plan to like fall fall back into like Mo Kalen or like somewhere south of the neck. Yeah. Um, but I you know, obviously that's not how it went down. Or even the it theory went- of the Night King doing the switcheroo and him going to King's Landing and torching a bunch of people and bringing them back. 
That that's yeah. even an interesting angle. I'm just saying these it, angles. It, well. It's <laughs> interesting, but that one that one doesn't really make too much sense because I mean, like I said, like he brings the storm with him. So what is he just gonna like carry a whole fucking winter storm down to King's Landing unnoticed? True, and he has yeah, to yeah. and he has to control those guys too. So if he's all the way around, right. he's not gonna be controlling them. What's yeah. next? What's next is we have some questions that we want to field from the fans. Oh yeah. Uh, so, oh, actually, before we get into that too. Uh, one thing that I noticed with that cat's paw dagger, it was in the long night book that Sam was reading in season seven as well. So, and, and that was the book from, from like very shortly after the original long night. So like that, that, that picture of the dagger must, I mean, that dagger has to be hundreds, if not thousands of years old. So a little finger got his hands on it to set up the whole assassination, assassination and everything. That'd be cool to get an explanation on. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know if we'll get one. Anyway, so um, some questions that we got from the fans. Um, this one actually came from a friend of the pod, Mike Heaton. Um, I actually played football with him at IWU. He says, why did Theon and squad only bring arrows and not like anything else? Yeah. Um, I, I, you can give your take on this, but I think it's because Theon is – most skilled with arrow and arch- archery. Yes, yeah, so, and so I mean, we had theories about Theon's missing fingers, but I guess he yeah, makes it work. Yeah, yeah, I guess he's. <laughs> I guess he's. I guess he figured that one out. I don't know. Yeah, he adapted. Um, he's he's he evolved. Yeah, you know, adapt and survive. Um, you know, they say well, that the human pinky over time has shrunk a little bit, and it will continue to shrink because we don't use it. In essence, we are still evolving. Yeah, well. Say that so, like, speak for yourself. My pinky's big as fuck. No, I'm just saying. So, so <laughs> I'm just saying, a few generations say goodbye to the shocker because it's gone. Dude, I was gonna say, you ever just, you ever just, dude, you, we, you got, you utilize, we utilize the pinky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, two in the winter uh, fell, one in the last hearth. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my my thought process on that is Theon is most skilled with archery, and I'm assuming so are his men based off the scene where he rescued Yara. Yeah. And in in a, in a scenario where you only have a limited amount of dragon glass weapons that are effective against walkers and whites, you know, it makes sense to like if if they were out of like axes and shit, they wouldn't take that up from other people who needed to fight with them. Yeah, you know? yeah. I also say that he he had like a spear at one point. He did good work. Theon did. Yeah, good boy. Oh, work. Yeah. But I think too. And again, they had a lot of arrows to hold them over, but I don't think they expected the swarm to be that big. And also, the whole plan was for like John and all them to collapse on them. Right. So they got exactly. kind of fucked by just the just how war goes, which is war. I don't think ever goes to plan. I mean, I'm not a soldier, but I don't think it ever goes the way you think it's going to go. You know. Ever heard of Vietnam? That went exactly as planned. America won. Pretty <laughs> easy. In and out. In and out. <laughs> smooth uh, in, smooth out. In out. Democracy reigns supreme. The war will be over by summer. Yeah, right. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, okay, so next question here. This one is actually from a friend of the pot, Harrison Burt. Um, also played football with him, but way back in grade school, actually. So oh. uh, good to hear from him. But he asked, why did the Night King pass up a one-versus-one fight with John? slash Aegon Targaryen. Mm. Uh, do you want to field this one? I, I, so my, I, I just think we, we discussed it a little bit earlier, which is he, he knew he had to get the brand, and he knew that going 1v1 with John is an unnecessary risk. Yep. And, I mean, he, saw, he's, like, he knows, he saw the tape on John. He, he saw, saw the tape. tape he John. watched the film. 
Mm-hmm. And he um, knew that John had the better team one-on-one. So, so that covers that one. We already talked about that earlier on, so we won't be repetitive here. Um, last question that I got uh, was from another friend of the pod, Mike Whittington, and he actually Did you play football with him anywhere? Yeah, he did. Big, big football guy. It's almost like I still uh, sell helmets or something. Um, but, yes, he asked, who's the most thick character on Game of Thrones? And that's thick with two Cs. Yeah. Now, I think this is a very important question. I think this yeah. is a question that uh, I'm surprised we haven't gotten before. Also, it, it, if I may, I want to stress thick in my neck of the woods is a compliment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we don't, we're not yeah. shaming anybody. Thick yeah. with two Cs is a huge compliment because you, because you, because, uh, uh, it's good. It's. <laughs> I was gonna. We won't, we won't get into the ins and outs of why it's good. Yeah. But uh, it, 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 it's, it's good. a good thing. Yeah. It's the pinky. See, like, the thing uh, about the pinky. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's that? What's that? Like, the banker's name or the the home ec- lady's name who got like arrested and shit? Didn't she always say it's a oh, good thing? Martha Stewart. Yeah, Martha Stewart. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I guess. Good I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't a big Martha Stewart guy. Yeah, well, she was thick. She was, she she was, was thicker thick than Bolo Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, um, so, I, I, I'll lead us off on this one. Most thick character. Um, I would say that, that chick, Roz, um, that yeah. was like Littlefinger's lead prostitute. or lead prostitute. Yeah. Uh, she, had, she had some tiggle bitties. She had some tiggle bitties. That is true. Uh, that is true. I have a few. Um, oh, a few. Oh, shit. So okay, here we go. Bran of Tarth has, like, vertical thickness. But also, when she stands up in the tub with Jamie, she's got huge cakes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's got some cakes. Yeah. Um, I have her. She's got some candied yams. I got season eight Gilly, because I think she's pregnant. Uh, <laughs> um, on the male side, you got Sam Tarly and Robert Baratheon. Okay. But also on the male side, because I've heard this from like eight women who've watched the show, Rob Stark apparently of all the guys had like the best butt. So I guess that makes him thick with two C's for the women, right? Because I don't okay. want this to be okay. one sided podcast. Rob Stark has a great butt. I don't know, bro. And then me, I mean, let's. So do you remember when Dario Naharis, the first Dario with the really tight skin, uh, accosts Danny in the tub and she gets out of the tub and they like for some reason zoom in on her ass? Yeah. 5 2, major cakes. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, okay. She's got a couple I, strawberry like, short boys in there. Couple <laughs> <laughs> oh, strawberry short boys. Someone get, someone get this guy off the line, man. Right? <laughs> <laughs> cut, cut the mic. This guy's got too much sauce. I do. Strawberry short boys, dude. All right, but I mean, would you call those yams? I don't like. I'm looking. I'm looking for yams. We're, we're dude, trying to get some. Candy those are candied yams, yams man. <laughs> She's getting out How of the tub. That? I want some thickness that's I want some thickness that's gonna give me some plates at, at you know the cookout. Well, know, okay, yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But like Brienne, but I I gotta go. I, you know me. I'm an Amelia Clark guy, dude, and I just feel like she's got she's got. I think Amelia Clark has cakes. You don't think she has cakes? Listen, me personally, I I would want to show Amelia's ass Robert Kennedy's famous speech from the 1964 DNC just so I could see that thing clap. <laughs> You're on the wrong stuff. <laughs> well, that's that's been covered. <laughs> Ooh, that's great. That's great. Uh, so that actually that leads us perfectly into the next topic where we're going to be choosing characters. We have a Mount Rushmore. We haven't done one in a while, so this is kind of a glorious return. This Mount Rushmore is going to be a Mount Rushmore of fights that we haven't seen 
that we do want to see or would want to see. Yeah, and we say would want to see because uh, it could be anybody in Thrones history. It could be a dead person. It could be a fight that we never will see, but we wish we could. Right. Um, I'll go first because I think you got first pick last time. Yeah, yeah, lead us off. My first pick is Ned Stark versus Tywin Lannister. Oh, that'd be dirty. I'd love to see that'd a sword be fight between sweet. those two guys. I, I mean, I think only because I haven't seen Tywin ever really fight in one-on-one combat or I haven't even read about it before, I think that Ned would take the edge there. Yeah. But um, Tywin, I don't know, Tywin would probably, like, pull some shit where he, like, poisons Ned a little bit before the fight so yeah. he's moving slow or something. I would pay big to see it. Yeah. You're not um, wrong. Okay. So I'm going to go with Sansa versus Masandi. Ooh. Because because this is that shit that went down in the crypts, um, they they had a little sauce. Masandi was not happy that Sansa was bringing up Danny at that moment in time, but also you know just it, it would be a good fight. You know, two have real heavy hitters going at each other. Right. Just getting down and dirty. You know? <laughs> so back. So when you first said that, I thought of like the women's division in WWE and how far it's come. Like nowadays, women's wrestling in WWE is basically better than the men's. They do great shit. But back in the day, they would just hire fitness models and have them do these things called bra and panty matches. So would you want Masandi and Sansa to have a sword fight, or would you want them to have a broad panty match? Well, no, I, w- I would want them to fight with whatever they're most comfortable. All it right, be kind enough. Of like a, enough. Be like, be like, you know, they figure it out. For once, you're being the pervert, and I'm being no, the nice no, guy. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right, your you're, intentions you're are, are cloudy at best. You're and no, although I we're coming to... off of two minutes from me saying, I want to see someone's ass clap, you're being inappropriate. <laughs> All right. What, your pick. Uh, John Snow versus two-handed Jamie Lannister. Oh wow, that would be really good. Right, prime that would Jamie. Be really, really good. My notes are all over. <laughs> okay, I like yeah. it. Um, my next pick is going to be one of the Children of the Forest versus Tyrion. Oh shit, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think that, I think that would be good. That would be a good one. That'd be a good one. I like that. Yeah. I like that one. You like that? I like that. I like it. I like it. It's pretty evenly matched. <laughs> My third pick would be Kyborn versus Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC and you're on to catch a predator. Oh, nice. Nice. I think Chris Hansen would have him take so many seats. <laughs> Dude, actually, um, what's his name? This is Marin Trant versus Chris Hansen would be a really Ooh, good one. Chris Hansen, or Marin Trant versus Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC and you're on to catch a predator. Yeah, that, that would be fantastic, because uh, Mary Trent would have to take a seat, for he would, sure. Oh, he'd make him take a seat. He'd show <laughs> him the chat log. Right. Uh, mine, mine would be, my next one would be Stannis Baratheon versus Robert Baratheon. Ooh, I love that. I think that would be good. Um, Robert in his prime would probably tear Stannis to, to pieces, but yes. I think um, while Robert was on the throne and got fattened down and stuff, I think Stannis stands a real chance. I like that. That's a great pick, Chris. Actually, that's actually great. You have two really good picks and one questionable one that I think was done for the wrong reasons. Um, Listen, you, you can you can assume what you want about my pick, but my picks are always done for the right reasons. No, okay? well, no. I, even the dwarf fight, I'll let slide. But <laughs> dude, it's not a dwarf. It's one of them's a child. And one's <laughs> this a makes man, okay? it so much better. <laughs> Kid vs. Dwarf 2019. Who will win? Uh, what's your final pick here? Rickon Stark versus the Mountain. 
<laughs> Let me see it. Get out of here. Let me see it. Oh my gosh, dude. Rickon's dead. Get him, get, leave him be, man. The mountain's dead, leave too, him. basically. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess. Well, semantics, semantics. Yeah. Uh, mine would be, I'm going to go a little nerdy here, okay? Mine's going to be Drogon versus Balerion the Dread. Ooh, I got I Balerion all day. I got Valyrian all day too, but um, Drogon's the largest dragon that we, and strongest dragon that we see on screen. So I would, it would be interesting to see how he stacks up against Valyrian. But yeah. from all from all references in the books, Valyrian would tear him apart. Apparently, Valyrian was massive. But do you got Aegon the Conqueror on Valyrian and Danny on Drogon? Well, yeah, yeah. All right, then I take the cheek clapper. <laughs> Aegon the Conqueror versus Danny the Clapper. <laughs> you, you mean you mean the clapper of cheeks? Yeah. She's got those clap on cheeks. Clap on. Clap on. Clap Clapper of cheeks. Clapper of cheeks. Oh my god. See? That's actually great. <laughs> great. Clapper of cheeks. Danny Targaryen. Okay. okay. Yeah. That ain't no problem. That ain't so, no problem. Me and Chris uh, thank our listeners for all that you guys do for us by sending us those questions, participating on polls, listening, and all that stuff. So we wanted to make listening to our podcast even more fun than it already is. And we're coming up right now. I have a lot of ideas for it. I think Chris has a couple as well. A Deep Thrones drinking game. When you listen to Deep Thrones, we're going to give you some things you can do uh, to make it a drinking game, have fun, maybe get a little lit. Right, Chris? Yeah, yeah. What the kids do, you know, to get, get, get lit, right? Early litmus, bro. Yeah, yeah, so to play this drinking game, you're going to have to be prepared to mix alcohol. And a lot of it. That ain't no problem, dude. Yeah, well, mine are, do you have some, Chris? I, I've got a couple here. I'm, right. I'm going to kind of do some on the fly. So. All right. Well, then uh, I'll start if at any point. Or do you want to start? I'll, you start. You, Go you ahead. Start, you want me to start? Okay. So mine is um, every time we mention sauce or sauce boys or anything like that, oh. you have to you have to drink some sort of sauce. Oh, yeah. There is sauce to you. So ranch, barbecue sauce. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever you got. Every time you hear sauce, you got to drink sauce. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I didn't even think of that for some reason. Uh, there you go. Um, my <laughs> first one is every time we say smang, you have to take one sip of a crispy boy of your choosing. Nice. Nice. We say smang pretty often, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I got yeah. another one. Uh, yeah. Every time we make a toe suck joke, you have to take a shot of your choosing, but a toe must be dipped into the shot. Oh, man. Yeah, okay. The, the deep... now, we're, now we're talking. Yeah, the Deep Thrones drinking game is fun to do with a significant other or on a first date. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I, I want to correct you there because you said every time we make a toe-sucking joke. Yes. I think you mean every time that you make a toe-sucking joke. I, well, actually, but... when I make toe-sucking references, I'm never joking. <laughs> <laughs> For the record. The truth. Yes. Uh, okay, so my next one is every time every time we mention Tormund, you have to drink some milk. Ooh, you know, str- that's healthy. Those bones, strengthen some those bones. I love that. And he killed yeah. the Lord of Bones, so it's he, full circle. Oh, full circle. I have this one. Uh, when we make an ass-eating joke, you have to eat someone's ass. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's not even like... That, is that even a drink? That's Drinking even... game, Deep Thrones. What's yours, Chris? <laughs> He was munching ass at that point. Uh, okay, uh, I like it. Um, another one. Whenever you see, or whenever we reference a dragon, you have to light a shot on fire and take it. Oh, shit. Now that's just good. Yeah. I'm starting just... to see that yours are actually good and that mine are terrible. Because <laughs> I also have, 
When we yell at Brendan, our producer, you have to take Molly and then call a coworker and berate them about using all of the goddamn ink toner, regardless of what your job is. <laughs> yeah, that's, we're gonna have a lot of unemployed listeners. Well, this is the Deep Thrones drinking game. <laughs> also, I love how like a lot of people listen on their commutes and stuff, and we just we're gonna have a drinking game. So, what are we what are we saying here? Are we putting a lot of liability on ourselves right now? We need uh, our we need our legal counsel here. Brett, we'll have Brett look over the paper. Um, we would so we don't recommend ever doing this. We'll just say that yeah. don't ever play yeah. this game. That but we're still gonna say we're gonna still gonna create it though. But, yeah, you shouldn't exactly. play Russian roulette. People do it, you know. <laughs> so when we uh, crack a crispy boy, you also must crack a crispy boy, but then immediately shotgun it. Okay, okay. So mine is uh, mine's gonna be anytime you hear a boy reference, crispy bo- crispy boys, sauce boys, sock boys, Ooh. whatever the boy reference is. Um, you have to stand up until someone tells you to take a seat. Ooh, Chris Hansen style. I love that. Chris That's Hansen fantastic. Um, whenever Chris and I argue, you have to watch the greatest movie about divorce ever, Kramer vs. Kramer, and then write a full review for it on the website IMDb. <laughs> okay. That's okay. a good one. That's a long ass. That's, that's a long assignment. Wh- whenever one of us burps on air, take a sip of red wine, and in a British accent, say, oh, "We should let that breathe a touch." <laughs> okay. How about how about this one? How about this one? Every time someone. Oh wait, was was your rule every time we talk about eating ass, you have to eat ass, or was it something else? What, no, it what? was you have to eat ass. It was okay. It was because I was gonna say every time someone makes an eating ass reference. Um, you have to do something, but you already, you already stole that one. Go ahead with your next one. I'll go back to the drawing board. I was going to say, whenever we have mic problems, you have to cut the phone lines of a neighbor of your choosing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love it. I love it. And then I also have, whatever I make you feel uncomfortable, take a Prozac with a large glass of chocolate milk just to calm your nerves, because that's what I do. <laughs> Do you, though? I don't know, man. You're pretty off the wall still if you're taking Prozac. Well, you know, I don't take it through my mouth. (laughs) Every time Chris hops across the narrow sea, take a shot of vodka followed by a sip of Monster Energy drink. Oh, man. Well, there's not going to be any more of that. But, like, in the earlier episodes, we were hopping all over the place. Now we're not hopping as much. If you go back and listen... Yeah, if you go back, you're gonna die. You're gonna be happy. (laughs) You go back and listen. You're fucked. I also have when in an accent I say Khaleesi or Oh Shancha. Buy a girl a drink who loves you like a brother. Oh man. Okay. Okay. Um, How about this one? Every time, every time that Shidi gets friend zoned, you then have to text text your ex, "I love you." Oh shit. Do I wait? Do I have to? When we say winter is here, you have to go immediately build a snowman in your front yard. If snow isn't readily available, you have to use powdered sugar donuts. Okay, I like that. And, yeah, oh, and then I when like we say winter was close, one, like a hot scene, we're like, ooh, winter was close in that scene, you have to edge yourself. Oh, wow, okay. Well, now we're just... <laughs> Whenever <laughs> I harass... Da- Shut up, Chris. Whenever I harass Danny on air, you must direct message Amelia Clark on Instagram talking me up and talking about how her current boyfriend sucks. That's a good one. Does she, is she still dating that pud? Yeah, yeah, that dude oh, with the God. red hair. Yeah, and come on, that guy, that guy's, that guy doesn't get him out of here. Oh, I got two more. 
right, two more. Whenever Theon gets the business, you must go to work high on paint fumes and commit insider trading. <laughs> That's a good one. We're breaking a lot of laws with this rule. It's just a fun little game that no one rules. recommends you do. Don't do this. It'd be a real shame. <laughs> And, and then, what's your final one? And finally, whenever Chris blames something on horror wizardry, you must get blackout drunk on red wine and confuse a dwarf. Wow. Blacking out on red wine is a task in itself. You're going to need, like, a fucking box of, of uh... Yep. What's that box wine? What's that stuff called? I don't know. Franzia. Yeah. yeah. Franzia. You got to get you gotta get a barrel of wine, or a bale of wine, as Chris would say, and just get just get annihilated. And then go find a dwarf and confuse him. And then ask him to fight a child. Disclaimer, disclaimer, do not try this game. Don't play if this you, game. Don't do it. If you play this game, we take no No responsibility. But, None. But please send us, like, what happened. Because yeah. we're, we're very interested in knowing. But you're not going to do it. But if you were to and you sent us what happened, we'd be interested. But don't do that. Because you're going to don't, jail. Yeah, you might die. And you're getting fired from your job. Trifecta. You're you're at least getting fired from your job. So maybe if you hate your job, you can give it a shot. Yeah, I guess. Um, I guess. That's a fun little deep thumbs drinking game. Yeah, that's dope. I, I like it. Me too. That was a, that's a great idea. That was kudos to you for coming up with that one. Yeah, we'll come up with more. We got another, you know, three weeks left, guys. Three weeks left, yeah. That's sad, dude. Only, dude, we've been going at this for eight seasons. We only got three weeks left. I know. I know it's uh it's 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 I, I feel I feel accomplishment, but we'll see how these last three episodes go. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for listening, guys. As always, uh, questions, complaints, comments, anything, send them to us. We love getting the feedback from you guys. Um, that's all I got. Yeah, and uh, I just gotta say, to Danny, hit me up. Let me give you a round of applause. With those cheeks. Hello.